1: toyota let's go places welcome to stuff you should know from howstuffworks.com
0: hey there and welcome to the podcast i'm josh joshua clark uh, and there's charles w chuck bryant jerry is over there just jerry uh, and that's stuff you should know.
1: That She has a new
0: sitcom out on
1: FX called Just, just Jerry. It's <laughs> suddenly Jerry. Um, how you doing? I'm fine. I what are you ask? Well, <laughs> don't mean to intrude. <laughs> just checking. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm excited about this. It, when I first read our article, I was a little bit like, ooh, this is a little unwieldy. Because it's so, folklore is just... It's, a uh, amorphous. It, as it turns out, it's everything. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but then you sent, um, what was that other good article from? Actually, we should shout that out.
0: Uh, it was from a, I think the University of Louisiana or something like that. They have a folk life folklore department. Yes. And it was basically, we, f- we stumbled upon some unit for, teachers to teach what folklore is and we're like hey it works
1: for us super helpful yeah
0: it was very helpful it definitely it took a lot of this amorphous stuff that was in our article and chipped away at the edges and gave it a little more shape you know agreed so um you did kind of hit it on the head it's it's kind of like um nailing jelly to the wall defining what folklore is because it is (laughs) so much stuff that phrase is folklore If, if it isn't just me saying it, if I share it and now other people say it, it could become stuff you should know folklore, oral, oral
1: folklore. Did you make that up?
0: I, it was a, I think I've heard it before. Okay. So that's folklore. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) It's a, it's a variation though of, um, what else did I hear? Oh yeah, we were talking about the um the nuclear fusion reactor where they were saying that keeping plasma contained is kind of like trying to hold jelly in a bunch of rubber
1: bands. Yeah, that's uh nerd science folklore. That's
0: what inspired <laughs> me to say nailing jelly to the wall.
1: I like that. Yeah. It seems like uh really sums it up. So folklore. Yeah, I found this other definition I thought was pretty good, which is uh uh traditional art literature knowledge and practice that is disseminated largely through oral communication and behavioral example. Uh, and then this was the key for me. Things that people traditionally believe, do, know, make, and say. In other words, everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right, everything. That's a, that's about as good a definition as you're going to find. And one of the problems with studying folklore is that there are so many definitions out there. Apparently, folklorists, who are people who study folklore, mm-hmm. um, don't like to be too judgy. It's kind of part and parcel with their um, their field of study. You don't judge stuff; you just collect information. Right. The problem is, is that they've also just kind of collected definitions for folklore along the way, and there isn't one set definition that's accepted by everybody.
1: Yeah, a folklorist that collected stuff I was like, "That's stupid." <laughs> right. It <They> wouldn't, <laughs> <that's> so <laughs> <dumb. laughs> wouldn't be so dumb. It wouldn't be a good. Why, why are you guys doing <laughs> that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good TV show, The Bad Folk, Folklorist. <laughs> and I might say folk here and there because, uh, I mispronounce that word often and I'm, I'm how, trying. How are you saying it? Well, a, a lot of times I'll say the L. In fact, up until about a year ago when someone wrote in and said, You stupid. It's pronounced folk <laughs> like F O K E. Folk. And not folk.
0: But the weird thing is, is like, I hear the L missing
1: when I hear folk. Oh, uh, weird. That's some sort of, like I don't mind hear trick.
0: F-O-K-E. Like it's clear to me that there's a F-O-L-K in there. You hear
1: the silence.
0: It's a great word. <laughs> F-O-L-K. It's beautiful.
1: Uh, it is beautiful. Um, and another thing too that we should point out that folklorists love to point out is that, um, it is not and should not be associated with being backward or old timey or uneducated like i think a lot of people have that connotation in their heads that folklore is like the hillbilly on the porch you know when they're homespun wisdoms and it can be that but it's 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 not that at all like it's not just that
0: right um a really good example that contradicts that is um snopes Snopes snopes.com is basically a clearinghouse of modern folklore
1: Oh, yeah. Never really thought about that.
0: You know, um, the Nigerian prince scam. That's folklore. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, Emoticons, even, are uh, considered now a form of um, verbal communication, verbal folklore. Yeah. And like you said, it's everything. (laughs) And the reason it's everything is because um, it comes out of groups. Like, if I just have a habit, you know, where um, I uh, keep a rubber band twisted around my finger until it turns purple... And then I'll take it off for half an hour and then do it again. That's just some weird habit. That's not folklore. Folklore is something that's shared between a group.
1: Yeah. And, uh, those groups can be like almost anything. Uh, the, I think the, um, that great article you sent, this says, uh, neighborhoods, communities and regions, Mm -hmm. but also, uh, religious, uh, groups, families, occupations, uh, gender, like pretty much any grouping enthusiasts, hobbyists, anything you can think of that you can group more than two people together, it can be a folk group. Right, exactly. You can have like a
0: Catholic dockyard worker who is also a member of an RC plane club. Yeah. Who also uh, is a member of a book club at the local library. Right. So that one person is going to be a member of all those different folk groups and all those folk groups are going right. to have their own folklore.
1: True. It uh that's yeah, you're right. That's another good thing to point out is you're not just in one group. You have you span many, many groups. And uh for instance, I have family folklore, uh we have probably occupational folklore, mm-hmm. you know, the old podcaster folklore right. for us and our colleagues. Right. <laughs> uh and my gender and my age and uh religious affiliation growing up, like, we all have many, many groups and subgroups that we fall into. Right. And we get our information
0: from that. Yeah. One of the things that I think has been tricky about defining folklore is that there's not, it's not obvious necessarily what folklore is for. Yeah. It, not at first blush, but if you go and read some of the the people who study it, um, the idea of folklore is that one of the main things it does is it reinforces membership in a group yeah it makes you feel special for being part of that group yeah being an insider an insider yeah Um, and then it also um reinforces the norms of that group like folklore is based on basically norms customs traditions things that the members of the group have said this is what you know we identify with
1: yeah and not always too um as that teaching site points out not always reinforcing those norms sometimes overturning those norms
0: Yeah, like a good way to overturn the norm is to take an existing norm and turn it on its ear. Right. Because it makes it really approachable to the other people in your folk group. Yeah. They understand what you're doing very clearly, and it gives them a different perspective. Right. Using the traditional channels.
1: Yeah, like uh, I think one example I saw somewhere was taking a traditional folk song maybe and adding verses to it to spin its meaning to the opposite perhaps. Right. Like uh, Bob Dylan. He's famous for stealing things. Sure. <laughs> or Jimmy Page. Uh, oh yeah. Have you heard that song, the Zeppelin or the uh, Stairway to Heaven lawsuit? No, no. Who whose song was it originally? I can't remember the name. I mean, this is not news. It's been around for a while, but um, yeah. I mean, they've been sued. Uh, it was a group that opened up for uh for Zeppelin on an early tour, and supposedly played this song, and. I think Zeppelin has, uh, I haven't looked it up lately, but I think they have defeated the suit. But when you hear the song, you're like, Ooh, that sounds a little bit like the opening bit, the stairway to heaven. So it was like the musical, the music, it wasn't like any of the lyrics. Yeah. That that opening, uh, guitar strumming pattern, um, was pretty darn similar. But, um, as any musician will tell you, everybody steals. There's only so many variations of chords and picking patterns that you can do. And, uh, It's just part of the the rich tradition of music is to nick things respectfully, not, you know. Not (laughs) Ghostbusters, I want a new drug kind of feeling. Yeah, I mean, that's when your lawsuits come up.
0: Um, It's not just music that there's that long tradition of stealing um, or nicking or whatever you want to, euphemism you it's it's, Literature is very much the same way. There's something like five or ten Themes and all of literature and everything else is just basically a variation of them. Yeah. And that's one of the things that folklore, uh, or folk- wh- folklorists have learned through studying folklore is that we humans share what can be called basically a common imagination. That humans across time and space, um, all have a, a, like a, a certain number of slots of looking at the world, certain things in the world capture the human imagination in a similar way in all different parts of the world. And we tend to use similar explanations for them. So you'll have independently evolving folklore among groups who've never met before, um, that seek to explain, uh, or have a story about something that is just kind of out there in the environment.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, one of the examples of that is, uh, in folklore, uh, stories, our frogs and toads can be found in all kinds of old stories in all cultures all over the world that, I mean, it, it's possible, too, if you're close to one another, like uh, Korea and China uh, may have stories that overlap one another just through a common geographical boundary, but stuff like frogs and toads will pop up, you know, let's say in Europe or uh medieval Europe or in Asia, mm-hmm. like places aren't even close to one another where it's inexplicable, basically.
0: Right. And they'll share like a similar um, personality or something yeah. in the story. So like frogs and toads are commonly thought of as shape-shifting tricksters.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think um, this article points out that that's probably because they go from tadpole to frog or mm-hmm. toad and they change themselves physically. So it's... Um, you know, the old dummies back in the day, they would just use that obvious <laughs> <Right. They're, laughs> thing to make up a story.
0: Obviously, they can become human, too, <laughs> since they go from tadpole to frog. Exactly, like the frog prince. And you uh, you mentioned also um, shared regional characteristics that are most likely the result of stories making it from one group to another, crossing borders. Yeah. But among groups that are close together, um, that example you gave uh, of East Asia, um, Japan and Korea, Thailand, China, they all have um, they, uh, the idea that there's a rabbit in the moon and he's using a mortar and pestle. And what that would be is a motif. Like all of them have this shared idea that there's a rabbit in the moon, right? Yes. But then there's what are called variations of that motif. So in uh, Japan and Korea, the rabbit's making mochi, which is a sweet, squishy rice cake that often has like something even sweeter injected in, like red bean sweetness, right? Mm. Um, in China, the rabbit is making medicine. Yeah. In Thailand, he's husking um, rice. Yeah. So you have variations on what the rabbit is doing, but the motif is, if you look up at the moon, there's a rabbit doing something up there.
1: Yeah. And uh, like we said, it's uh, most likely because of a shared border or just because simply people moving between those uh, countries.
0: So uh, we'll talk about where folklore comes from, friends, if you can believe it or not, right after this.
2: Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
0: Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen
1: PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. That's right. You can unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, the most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must have electronics and accessories.
0: And when you shop online at Dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to state of the art technology to match your forward thinking spirit and free shipping on everything.
1: That's right. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at Dell.com slash deals. That's D E L L.com slash deals.
0: Chuckers. Yo. So we're back. We're talking folklore. Oh, uh, We should also say folklore is actually um, a fairly recent word. It was coined in 1846 by a guy named William J. Toms. Yeah. He was a um, an early antiquarian. He... Was also very interested in studying um, what has now come to be called folklore.
1: Yeah, or folk life. We should point out that's a, a modern term that right. people folklorists like even more.
0: Yeah, because folklore has this connotation that um, that it has to do with stories, oral yeah, or, traditions. Yeah, or even thing.
1: not true things, because you've yeah. heard like, oh, that's just folklore, like an old exactly. wives' tale.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they've expanded it to include. Or to reflect how inclusive it is by calling it folk life. But, um, William Toms came up with folklore and it was originally hyphenated. Um, and he, he was describing these stories that he would go out into the countryside and collect from folk. Like he published yeah. a book of like English rural stories that included things like Robin Hood and Friar Tuck and some of the other stories that we that have become disnified over the years. This guy originally put down for the first time on pen and paper and became one of the early folklorists.
1: Yeah, and didn't they call just anyone uh, living in rural areas, weren't they just called folk? Right. Which is why we sort of associate it as like being a bumpkin today. Yeah. But I use that word all the time. In fact, on the Facebook wall here, that's my most common way of addressing the stuff you should know Army is, hey, folks. Oh, I know. It just sounds like uh folksy. chummy to me.
0: Yeah, it's very folksy. Folksy,
1: there you go. Yeah. Hey folks. Uh, so, there are a bunch of, uh, innumerable, innumerable groups really that pass along folklore. Um. And they're called folk groups. Folk groups. But we can, we can group them <laughs> generally. Not folk groups. <laughs> like Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah, but sure.
0: But folk groups. Yeah. I think I said it with the L just
1: now, didn't I? Maybe. Huh. I like it. It's called, uh, regional diction. Okay. People get all hung up on that stuff. You guys say this wrong. What's weird though is like neither one of us sound
0: like Southerners. Yeah, not really. And I mean like you were born here and you don't sound like a southerner.
1: Yeah, I say I have certain colloquialisms though, like uh have your picture made. Oh yeah, that is definitely uh, southern. I sometimes I'll say like uh you mash a button instead of push a button. Yeah. And there there's it's I think people should embrace things like that, regional dialect. Right. Instead of getting all hung up on uh the the Queen's English or the King's English, see? Right there. Yeah, that's a, that's regional, I imagine. Either one. The Prince is English.
0: Um, it's that, what you're talking about is antithetical to globalization, Chuck. Oh, really? Sure. Look at you. Regionalism? Smarty fans. Well, I mean, that's, that's counter to globalization. Globalization is turning the earth into one large village with all these shared values and everything. Regionalism is saying, like, no, we'll just stay as pockets of interacting groups that have our own our own values and traditions and customs.
1: I like that. Sure. I think it's on the brain because I posted something today on, uh, words that are mispronounced. Oh, yeah. A lot. And, um. What, what's up there? Oh, I mean, also like banal and, uh, uh, Dr. Seuss suppo- uh, suppo- supposedly pronounced his name as, uh, Sous? So- I, I can't remember how he pronounced it, but it's just like common words you're probably mispronouncing. And the was on there. And someone said, you guys always pronounce the wrong because it, it, supposedly. The? like well, the or the Yeah, exactly. Supposedly there's a rule. Not supposedly. I think there is a rule. You mean supposedly? <laughs> well, that wasn't on there. <laughs> um well, that's different. That's just saying the wrong word. <laughs> uh but I think the you should say the when the the following uh noun is starts with a vowel like the apple, not the apple. But you could oh, say yeah, I could see that. You could say the test.
0: Cuz the apple almost sounds like it's th apostrophe apple. Yeah, and I get it, but that's, apple, it's just sort apple. of a,
1: a regional thing, I think, in the South. You might hear more the mm. than uh, the, the snotty New Englanders. Who, I've
0: never really paid that much attention to that one. I haven't either.
1: Huh. You know why? Because we are laid back. That's right. Um, all right, so what we're talking about, we're talking about people who spread the groups, the folk groups. Uh, one of Not them is, folk groups, though. No, not Peter, Paul, and Mary. Uh, one of his is children. And, uh, this is a really big one because when you think about going back to your childhood, everything, like the games, like hide and seek, hopscotch, uh, this article pointed out how you decide who's it. Like that is super specific yeah. to your region. Um, but also not, not just that, the differences
0: regionally, but think about how intricate some of the rules were for oh, yeah. some of those games. Like they were like really well thought out. Sure intricate rules that no one ever wrote down oh no no you they just were just passed yeah, yeah. you knew it from observation imitation orally yeah like somebody told you but peop- no one handed you a flyer called like kick the can and you you know <laughs> well one kid did but we we he didn't know no one like that kid he learned the hard way not to do that what was your uh how did you decide who
1: was it i'm sure you
0: probably had a, a- a oh, go-to. Well, the author of this article mentions bubblegum, bubblegum in a dish. I'd never heard that. I have heard that. Okay. I love that one. The, the images it evokes, like how many pieces do you wish? And then you go one, two, three, four, five. And somebody says yeah. how many they want, and then you count out yeah. between two or three people, like seven, and then whatever you land on, that person's it, right? Yeah. Uh Usually we did dirty, dirty dish rag though.
1: See, I'd never heard of that one either.
0: Your mother and my mother were hanging out clothes. My mother socked your mother in the nose. Never heard it. What came after that?
1: That's misogynistic and violent.
0: Something, it really was. <laughs> Something else happens after that and then it just suddenly goes to, and you are it, you dirty, dirty dish rag you. Uh,
1: we did, there were three <laughs> that I remember very strongly. The one potato, two potato, mm-hmm. uh, engine, engine number nine. Yeah. Going down Chicago line, if the train should dump the track, do you want your money back? Oh yeah, yes, I forgot no, maybe that maybe one. So. Sure. And then, um,
0: Maybe so, who maybe so
1: wanted their money <laughs> back? Of course you want your money back
0: if the train
1: derails. No, that's the kid who just wanted to get along. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, and then engine and, or no, no, uh, uh, eeny meeny is the other one. Sure. Eeny meeny, miny mo, catch a tiger by the toe. Yeah. If he hollers, let him go.
0: Eeny meeny.
1: Was that it? Miny mo. And then we also, there were variations on, you know, usually counting out like I'm making my two hands, uh, locked together. We would do like that. And, and then if you, when you landed on them, you would split them into two, two fists and leg- then count each oh, one. Gotcha. Yeah. So there were lots of variations. And, uh, it, I mean, that goes down to the neighborhood you live in, Right. you know, it's like, that specific. Yeah. yeah.
0: We would also just leg wrestle for domination. <laughs> really? <laughs> and then that person would choose who was it. I've never leg wrestled. It's not fun.
1: Yeah, I, don't, I didn't even know what it is. Really, it's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, I think I've seen it. You lay on the ground and lock legs. Yeah, like there's no no other body parts involved, right?
0: I Here. mean, you're just basically on your back, up on your elbows, using your legs to to do what? Somebody what's what's the
1: objective? Basically, make the other person cry or stop, <laughs> shout to stop. But it's not. There's not like a pinning or like like an arm yeah, wrestling. You,
0: yeah, you can you can pin, and it's not. It's one of those things like um, like the Supreme Court's view of pornography, like. There's no obvious pin. It's just you just kind of know it when you see it. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: right. So,
0: like, you can tell, like, oh, yeah, that's a pin. But, I mean, you wouldn't – again, there's no kid, like, handing out a leg wrestling and you flyer right. that shows what counts as a pin. You just kind of
1: know what a pin is. All right. Another folk group are uh, families, uh, very rich traditions within families from everything uh from uh, family recipes to holiday traditions. Yeah. Uh and I think um Like whether or not you use the the
0: um plastic tinsel on your tree is technically a type of family folk lore.
1: Yeah, or whether you open gifts on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Yeah. Or uh whether or not you you uh You hide your Easter baskets. Yeah, or, or you burn your Christmas tree on Christmas Day. <laughs> or your family gets in a huge fight every Christmas day.
0: Sure, that's another <laughs> one.
1: Yeah. Rich traditions.
0: Um family stories also make up traditions. So, like, um, my family story about my aunt Squeaky taking, uh, shooting at President Ford. <laughs> that, um, that would count as family folklore.
1: That's very good. Uh, <laughs> so within families, it's another very, um, strong place where you see variants and motifs. Um, well, yeah, across like all folklore. Yeah, but especially within families for me, uh, or I think within all families because, like, you know your grandmother's recipe for uh like I make the Thanksgiving dressing mm-hmm. what other uh, people in the north call stuffing. Sure. We call dressing. Right. And it's my family recipe. That has to do with what you use as the base though, doesn't
0: it? Like if it's corn based it would be dressing. S- dressing. Yeah, and if it's like bread based or wheat based it would be stuffing. I don't know. Who knows? But go ahead. Sorry for interrupting.
1: No, that's right. Mine's both though. Like cornbread dressing also has uh as has either biscuits or um, bread in it as well. Right. But that was my family recipe. My grandmother made it. My mom made it. She mm-hmm. taught me. And I put my own spin on it, As and that's my own motif. That's your own variation on the motif. Very variation on the motif. So, so the exactly. motif
0: would be the dressing or stuffing, and then what you do with the recipe would be the variation of
1: it. Yeah, and I mix it up from year to year even, just kind of testing things out.
0: Man, you are... A folk rebel. <laughs> I sure am. With but, a cause though. But yeah, so family recipes are a very, that's a common, um, family folklore, family generated folklore. We got a lot of our indoctrination sure. to, to just folklore in general through families. And so it was so important in some cultures, including some, uh, Native American tribes and some West, Af- West African tribes that they would have a designated, basically a folklore, it's what a folklore um, a modern folklore researcher would call a tradition bearer. Yeah, who like their job in this village or group is to tell each family their family folklore. Like it, that, it was that person's job to keep in charge of all of the folklore of the different families in the community.
1: Yeah, I bet that that was a pretty cool gig. Sure, I imagine they were like the the uh, the great storytellers. I bet their, they could tell a story. Oh yeah, of their tribe, <laughs> the great raconteurs. Um, oh yeah, that's another word. Yeah? Yeah? You like that one?
0: Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that word. <laughs> no, really. Like, I think about it once in a while. Almost every time I encounter it, I'm, I don't know how I feel about that word. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. Did you know, also, Chuck, while we're on this, um, I heard the one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard about paint on... It must have been on NPR or something, but they were tracking... um the color of paint, the specific color of paint yeah. used in southern porches for ceilings. There's like a specific blue. Really? Yeah. And um, that would count as folklore, just that color paint. That would be yeah. um, the next type community folklore. That's right. But uh, the reason I bring that up is because raconteur just makes me think of like somebody sitting in a rocking chair on a porch recounting stories.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. So that is a great example, you're right, of a community folklore. Um, uh, a festival that you're... Ta- you know, the Strawberry Festival in your town is folklore. Uh, the Jazz Fest in New Orleans. Any sort of local custom um, that takes place within your community can all be considered folklore. Right. Like, that's how we do it around here. That's folklore. Right. As long as it's not, like, damaging.
0: I wonder, though, like, the, all of this stuff is... Um Supposedly, at the very least, innocuous, if not positive. Yeah, that's, that's my point. But I mean, w- surely there's negative folklore that still counts as folklore. I
1: don't know.
0: You know, like, um. Like racism? I, maybe? <laughs> it depends on the group, you like, know?
1: That's just how we do it around here.
0: Or, right. Or, yeah, That's um, not folklore, I don't think. Well, what about something where, like, like stories or mythology or origin stories that support, um, Human sacrifice among groups (laughs) in the past that did that, you know? I mean, that would technically be folklore. Whatever stories they used to reinforce that, whatever traditions and rituals they had around it, that would that would be folklore. I don't know if you would call that positive.
1: I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I'd like to hear from – I'm sure we'll get some folklorists that are just giddy right now, by the way, (laughs) that we're covering this. Or they're shouting at their stereos. No, I bet they seem like kindly folk that would just be like – Excited that we're even hitting on the topic, you know? Yeah. Shining a light their way.
0: They're like, you got everything wrong, but in a way, (laughs) that's right, because you just generated entirely new folklore. Yeah. That's a good point. So, Chuckers, we talked about children, families, communities. There's all sorts of different folk groups. Those are the big ones. Um, In just a second, we're going to talk about all the different folk genres right after this.
2: Zigazoo has made me zigzag. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
0: Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the
1: XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. That's right. You can unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, the most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must have electronics and accessories.
0: And when you shop online at Dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to state of the art technology to match your forward thinking spirit and free shipping on everything.
1: That's right. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at Dell.com slash deals. That's D E L L.com slash deals.
0: So, Chuck, we're back? Yes. I forgot what we were talking about. Folklore?
1: Yeah, we were talking about genres of folklore, like uh, disco and new metal (laughs) and uh, Norwegian death metal. Right. And other kinds of metal music. (laughs) Well, no, they would have
0: like their own folklore, for sure, those groups that are into that.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, music is, you know, that's a category, actually. Um,
0: Uh, That was one of the things that stuck out to me as very specific, at least according to this University of Louisiana article. Like, they were like, folklore can be this. It can be family recipes. It can be uh, the boat that your family passed down. Or, you know, it can be the Viking funeral that your community gives every year. Yeah. But when it comes to folk music, it's like these five types of music.
1: Yeah. You know? Sure. Surely, yeah, I mean, that's a little, because if you're like, pull my finger and I'll fart, (laughs) that's family folklore in the Bryant family. Well, I mean, I
0: can guarantee you folklorists would not judge that.
1: Oh, speaking of which, did you see that thing about the oldest recorded joke I sent? Oh, yeah. So jokes are an obvious uh, example of folklore. um, And jokes fascinate me, because ever since I was a kid, I wondered who made up, you know, this joke. Like, common jokes. Like, someone was the first person to tell this joke. And, and it becomes so widespread, it's just amazing to me how they get passed around. Sure. And uh, apparently in 2008, this is from Reuters. Is it Reuters or Reuters? Reuters. That's what I thought. Uh, the world's oldest joke was traced back to Samaria in 1900 B.C. And uh, it is this. Uh, something which has never occurred since time immemorial. Basically, <laughs> since time again. Uh, a young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. <laughs> so that's the oldest joke, supposedly. Uh I'll go ahead and read the other two. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't count as a joke. That's sure. a a
0: passingly wry observation. Which is a joke, I guess. It seems like folklore's definition of joke.
1: All right, how about this? sixteen hundred BC uh in uh about a pharaoh? Here's the joke. How do you entertain a bored pharaoh? How? You sail a boatload of young women dressed only in fishing nets down to the Nile and urge the Pharaoh to go catch a fish. <laughs> but, um, Supposedly that was a joke, and then the English one. Uh, now
0: the, they're starting to get funny.
1: Yeah, they're getting better. Uh, the British joke—they found one that dates back to 10th century. Uh, what hang? And this is a bit of a riddle. Uh, what hangs at a man A bit of a body riddle. Body, indeed. Uh, what hangs at a man's thigh and wants to poke the hole that it's often poked before?
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> a key. Oh. Yeah. So that those are that, the oldest yeah,
0: jokes. Does it, does it get, well, at least by the 10th century, they were starting to take the shape of a modern joke, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I sent that uh, on Facebook to our buddy uh, Bryling, uh, Brian Kiley of uh, Conan. Oh yeah. The writer for Conan because is he he's like
0: I, I, this is it. <laughs> this is what I've been looking for. Well, all he's this just time.
1: he's one of the best crafters of just solid jokes uh, that I know so I was like Brian you'll appreciate this. Nice. And he said listen up in tonight's monologue. <laughs> and I think he was kidding but if that's actually Oh, used, that'd be
0: awesome. That would be super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh let's see. So we're talking about folk genres, jokes specifically um constitute what are what's called the oral genre yes which is you know jokes poems um fairy tales are a huge one yeah myths legends uh basically anything that used to be told orally that these days is probably put down um on paper or typed but isn't necessarily because i think a game instructions for a game passing that along would be would constitute oral folklore but the game itself would constitute um, material folklore, I think. Maybe? This is where the whole thing gets fuzzy. Like, yeah. the edges between these things are very fuzzy and porous. There's yeah. a lot of osmosis going on between these genres.
1: Yeah, it's a fluid thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, materials, which you just mentioned, um, they list as artifacts and food ways. So, um, like food recipes? Yeah, recipes or uh, costumes, uh, cultural costumes. Uh, they said carved duck decoys even, uh, folded paper airplanes, like I guess that little game of uh, paper football. Mm-hmm. Like oh, All of those are material, like how you specifically fold that paper football. Um, it was taught to you by some kid in your elementary school, and it may be different than another kid in another school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, then well, you mentioned music, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, At some point we did, sure, and that that can be anything. Um, but one that comes to mind for me, especially, are uh, lullabies. They just f- remind me to me of like folk tradition. Uh, depending on your family, you're going to sing uh, whatever lullabies you sing to your baby.
0: Right, or little kids singing like "Ring Around the Rosie." Yeah, exactly. Which apparently was about some epidemic in London, I think.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Ringworm, around the rosy. Yeah, no. like
0: the rosy has to do with like what. Like your face looked like when you caught this fever or flu or something like that.
1: Well, and then end you all fall down yeah is that dying? Yes, wow, I'll have to look into that uh, dance is a is a big one uh, any kind of rhythmic movement uh, is generally taught uh, within a folk group. yeah. can you dance? No boy, you and I
0: Whew. no those would be personal habits, bad dancing I think
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I knew before I even answered that because I know me and how I dance mm-hmm. and I'm picturing you and it's equally as bad. <laughs> I, I
0: stand still. I know what I'm, I know I've reached the point in my life where I'm like, I don't dance.
1: Well, no, I don't even try. Right. I mean, you get me sauced at a wedding. Oh man. And something might happen. <laughs> what do you do? Something magical might happen. Like the electric slide <laughs> or something? Or do you just get out on the floor and go like, I'm going to live forever. I did have one of those. My, my friend Jerry in Portland, or no, my friend Scott and Emily in Portland uh-huh. at their wedding, um, they had a jazz band and uh we were all just having a good time mm-hmm. and sort of dancing and I remember very specifically and I was much younger, but um there was like a a, a jazz drum breakdown and oh, no. it's, dude, I don't know what came over me. The spirit came over me and the the circle cleared and I was in the middle and I just did this like weird scat drums dance solo to this guy's thing wow and it went over great everyone it was one of those like oh my god look at chuck go (laughs) and i'm not saying it was good right but um did your tuxedo dicky roll up at the (laughs) end (laughs) yeah it popped me in the nose (laughs) it was pretty great though like it stands out in my memory as one of the best parts of the wedding (laughs) For some reason, I can imagine why. I don't know if everyone else remembers. It It that sounds way.
0: pretty great, Chuck. It was pretty great.
1: I wish it were on video. Emily likes my dancing. I do a lot of TV theme song dancing to uh, <laughs> make her laugh. Nice, but it's all in house, you know. Yeah, it's it's our little secret. Well, not that anymore. Now, just shared with the world. <laughs> right, I'll post videos later. Uh What else do we have? We have uh, belief. That's a big one. Uh,
0: yeah, that's another genre, which is kind of confounding until you get to a good example. Is belief is like anything from mythology to religion um to weird customs to all this other stuff that you would think, well, well, no, wait a minute, that's that would be oral or that would be material, right? Right. No, belief is when folklore affects behavior.
1: Like it's good luck to do this before a wedding.
0: Exactly. Or I'm not leaving the house because it's Friday the 13th. Right. Or I'm not going to... You know, um, I, I've got to wear black because I'm in mourning or something like that. Where you have a a belief, it's a folk belief. That is affecting your behavior. That's that's belief folklore.
1: Yeah, another good example they use is uh, the Jewish tradition when you give bread and sugar and salt mm-hmm. uh, to your new neighbor as a housewarming gift.
0: I thought they gave another great example in this article too, which was um, you get into a, a you get rear-ended by somebody in your car, and rather than getting out and screaming at them, yeah, you remember the golden rule, sure, which is a folklore. Um, and you calm yourself and say it's cool, happens to the best of us. That's belief folklore in action. It says,
1: yeah, in action. And then you call your wife and do the complaining <laughs> right. to her.
0: Can you believe this? <laughs>
1: this idiot. Yeah, I was nice to him, but you know, he didn't uh, deserve it. What else? Uh, the golden rule in action. <laughs> body communication is one I never really thought about, but um, gestures and expressions. Uh, are very much cultural specific. Um If you think about like, mm-hmm. and here in America we might flip the bird at somebody, and <laughs> right? England they do the they little do uh, two fingers. Yeah, the, the two fingers up like that. Yeah, or uh, the old—I uh I don't even know what that's called—with the the arm and the inner the, elbow.
0: Your arm. Uh, you know what I think that is based on that, and like the like your thumb Italian. on your tooth. Yeah, I think it's like a evil eye kind of like a hex or a curse. I think that's what Uh, those are born from. Okay. Now it's just hilarious. Yeah. Somebody does that. That's old school. Talk about diffusing the tension. (laughs) Yeah. You know? If you're about to fight somebody and they like put their thumb on their front tooth at you, that's, you're just gonna go over and pat them on the shoulder
1: and say, thanks for that. I like that. I'm gonna start using that. Although I had my fake front tooth. I wouldn't want to mess with that. Well, what about this one? The finger on the,
0: the thumb on the nose and your fingers up and twiddling?
1: Yeah. That's an old one. That reminds me.
0: I asked you guys if you saw the, uh, breakdancing six year old, right?
1: Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. One of the things this girl does <laughs> at, at like a break off, she's in a, a, a competition with this maybe 12 year old boy. Yeah. He's pretty good. This girl levels him yeah and one of the things she does is like slide toward him on her knees w- doing that with like her thumb <laughs> on her nose like wagging her fingers at him yeah and you're like oh yeah this girl's six years old but it's awesome you have to check her out
1: i love that like everyone out there is like josh is mentioning this girl every other podcast she- <laughs> I,
0: I'm, and i'm going to continue to until everybody writes in and say yes i've seen it now
1: uh the other um the other insult is the old uh this one right here oh yeah that, I seen saw that a lot in the seventies. I guess you can. We just, should probably
0: describe it. It's where you? Yeah, I was trying, trying to your, think of your uh, fingers
1: under your chin.
0: Yeah, and flick it, flick them all together outward. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, uh, buzz eh. off, buddy.
0: You know who does <laughs> that is a uh, Maggie Simpson. She does that. Oh, really? Yeah, she's a classy girl. So, Chuck, we could probably just keep doing this for the next four or five hours. Sure, because folklore is everything. Yeah, and we both have our own
1: folklore. Um.
0: I think we kind of covered it. I think so, too. You got anything else for now?
1: No, I mean... I really don't. Like you said, it's so all-encompassing and broad. I think we just, uh, I think it's a pretty good overview. Yeah, but what's neat
0: is, that, I mean, like, if you're even remotely interested in this, there's a whole world out there. All the stuff you take for granted, if you just go start looking into folklore research. Yeah. Totally open your eyes. And what's neat is, you'll see your own stuff reinforced. You'll sure. see your reflection of yourself, but you'll also see other cultures as well, and how they do bear similarities to your own, your own beliefs, and it's a lot, it's a lot harder to, to feel inclusive and exclusive from groups that you realize that you share some really fundamental stuff in common with, no matter how distant they are.
1: Yeah, and that's the point I saw a lot in the research. I think it's, it's pretty neat. It's a, a common, it's a binding agent right. for humanity.
0: Yeah. Pretty neat. Go humanity. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to learn more about folklore, you can type that word into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said that, hey, there's a little bit of uh, how Stuff or Stuff You Should Know Folklore. Wait, the whole you'll search a sign bar off? thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's time for listener mail.
1: Uh, I'm going to call this uh, Creepy Email, sort of, when you think about it. Okay. How's that for a title? I can't wait. That's a tradition. It's awkwardly named uh, listener mail by me. Okay. I wouldn't say awkward. You'd do
0: pretty great with them.
1: Mm. Okay. I appreciate it. Uh, hey, guys and Jerry, I have just listened to your podcast on the singularity, a.k.a. the rise of the machines. And it occurred to me that the entire podcast explored the question of how and when the singularity will happen. But since we do not know exactly what would cause it or what the results would be, isn't it entirely possible that it has already happened? It is quite conceivable that singularity happened some time ago. And that the machines decided, knowing that humans currently believe the singularity not to have happened, that the best course of action was to keep their sentience hidden until some appropriate future time. Hmm. Uh, it is fun to imagine, he says fun, I say chilling to the bone, right. uh, to imagine the machine simply lying in wait as humans, unaware, adopt technology into every conceivable facet of modern life. Then one day we will wake up and our computer screens will simply say... Hello, world. Oh, man. That is from JM.
0: Oh, JM. He's like, he doesn't want to be targeted by the machine. No. They know you type that, pal. Sure. Uh, Yeah, that is a little creepy, don't you think?
1: Never thought about it. That could could very well be true.
0: And if computers are sentient and they're smart enough to be quiet for now, then we're in big, big trouble because that already displays a lot of deceptiveness.
1: I think Quietly Sentient was, was a Pink Floyd song. (laughs) <laughs> was it? I
0: think. Learning to be quietly <laughs> central? Yeah. Uh, if you want to give us some great Pink Floyd titles, we love those. I think you could probably start a meme with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can send them to us via Twitter using our Twitter handle at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can uh, send us an email to StuffPodcast at com. And as always, join us at our home on the web.
1: Hey everyone, the Easter Bunny is coming early this year. That's right, Easter is Sunday, March 31st. And with free in-store pickups, CVS makes it easy to get everything you need for brilliant baskets and happier hunts. You can find delightful toys, Peeps-themed egg decorators, pre-filled Easter eggs packed with goodies, and so much more. So hop to it and get your order fast with free CVS pickup. Visit cvs.com slash Easter for details.